Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, Charles McDonald of Yahoo makes his debut on the show. We talk about the Nathaniel Hackett hire for the Jets and what it means and doesn't mean for their quarterback situation. Also got two breaking news with Frank Reich's hiring as head coach in Carolina and what Charles thinks for his beloved Atlanta Falcons. We also preview the conference championship games really under the lens of whether what we saw last week from those four teams is going to hold up this upcoming Sunday. So we're going to get to all of that. But first, guys, you already know about the low post with Zach Lowe, of course, one of the best in the business, and the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, again, one of the best in the business. But have you listened to the CJ McCollum show, one of the best in a slightly different kind of business in terms of playing actual basketball? On that show, Every week, New Orleans Pelican star C.J. McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone who is in the locker room and on the floor. That's the C.J. McCollum Show. Listen wherever you're listening to the Bill Barnwell Show podcast right now, which is about to start with Charles McDonald. All right, joining me now here, as promised, on the show, long time coming for this person to appear long overdue someone i've enjoyed doing debatable with in the past one of the most entertaining people on football twitter smart man yahoo sports writer charles mcdonald charles what's up i'm doing good i'm I'm glad i finally got the invite i thought like you hated me or something so we've we've done we've done debatable together we've talked basketball debatable together you've been (laughs) on on my podcast the exemplist which is going to come back i think fairly soon at some point uh so yeah, I was like, "What the hell, Bill?" But now I, I finally made it to the big stage, so I'm I'm glad to be here. I believe I've been on your podcast on two different podcast right. networks. Yeah, yeah, two different. Uh, yeah, you you've been on my podcast. Where you, I think you were on the first episode, mm-hmm. and we did another episode like previewing. I think maybe the NFC South. So mm. I can go back and look at how wrong we were at some point. Um, I I I doubted the Falcons with you of all people. Yeah. I mean, with me of all people, I doubt them more than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was dude, I, okay, so I was this this is kind of a a, a lead into what we were about to talk about. Yep. But you know, I was I was talking to uh yeah, I'm in a in a in a Madden league and one of the guys who's who's on the who's in our franchise league is a Jets fan. And you know, I was just kind of giving him crap this morning about the the Jets hiring Hackett and he mm-hmm. was like, You're a Falcons fan. I'm like, Yeah, you don't know my pain. <laughs> 28, 28 minus three, you see equal 25, bro. Like it's, it's a, it's a different level of pain, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time over here and I'm, I'm really happy to be here right now. Is it, if the Falcons had never made it to a Super Bowl in your life, would, how would you feel differently about them? You think? I would be a bigger fan than I am right now. Probably. Mm. I would probably be a little bit more uh, irrational, but <sighs> There, there's there's just nothing worse that you can feel than the highs of Robert Alford intercepting Tom Brady for a pick six mm-hmm. to the lows of watching James White cross the end zone mm-hmm. to close the game. Mm-hmm. Like you, I there's no like I'm at the point with the Falcons where there's no point in lying to myself about them because everyone saw our biggest failure on the biggest stage. So what am I am I gonna delude myself into saying that this is like a great franchise or something? No, but they're my franchise. So I gotta stick with them. That's very honorable of you. It's very fair. <laughs> not everyone no, it, 
it's not honorable. It's I, I really did try to quit. <laughs> I, I I seriously did try to quit them. But then the problem was this the immediate season after the Super Bowl, they were like a play away from going to that the NFC championship game. I got sucked right back in. Mm-hmm. Is this the same Madden League where Stephen Ruiz capitulated on yes. stream in the the Super Bowl? Yes, this is the same exact Madden League. I lost in the uh in the wild card round of the playoffs that year to the eventual champion, our friend Justice Mosqueda. Uh, mm. Yeah, just, you, you, you. Next time, okay. Actually, here, here's this: Please. we're about to restart up the Madden League, and Week One is me versus Justice somehow. Uh, and you oh, need wow. to watch the game because the way Justice plays defense is absolutely despicable. On that game. <laughs> it's horrible. He runs one three seven, and his one is Aaron Donald. So he just lines Aaron Donald up over the center every play with seven defensive backs, and just get enough where you have to throw a pick to someone. It's awful football. Doesn't he have like a cornerback who has like thirty five sacks? Yeah, yeah. He, he he gamed the system for XP points and like found this cheese blitz where your slot cornerback can get a sack basically every single play. So like he had JC Horn in the slot, and JC Horn had something like forty sacks or something like that. It's just it's no good. DJ Hayden ended up winning like defensive player of the year in our league with, <laughs> with like 50 tackles for loss. It's not good. <laughs> this is incredible. I would honestly read articles about this league every week if you guys wrote them. Yeah, I actually started a union. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we're getting them real off track here, but I'll send you like, I actually got really bored one day and I wrote up like a union contract for everyone else to sign <laughs> because Justice was taking his powers as commissioner too far. Uh, but yeah, that that the, the Madden League could be a podcast on its own. This is incredible. I honestly want to have the entire Madden League on a podcast together. <laughs> I think that would be incredible. Um, oh, before that though, Speaking of people who are just doing stuff for fun on the side and happen to get paid a lot for it, Nathaniel Hackett is now the Jets' offensive coordinator. We're going to start there, of course. We're going to talk about the conference championship games in a minute. But wanted to talk to you about Hackett because, of course, you are a former Jets beat writer, um, someone who covered the Jets during the lowest of the low recently, at least the Adam Gase era in New York. Daniel Hackett, reputation is interesting. Robert Sala trying to do his best maybe to kind of whitewash the past year. Um, from your, from where you stand, Charles, in terms of how you see this working out for the Jets. I mean, is there reason to believe that what happened last year with the Broncos is kind of an aberration and Daniel Hackett is a totally fine choice? Or... Do you think that this is more of an uninspired hire for the New York Jets? Uh, I think it's an uninspired hire. And I I also think I think they got significantly worse uh, wow. as far as like offensive coordinator goes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I thought when, you know, you go back, you watch some of the if, if you go back and actually watch like Michael Flores offense, mm-hmm. I understand that 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 Jets fans got upset sometimes maybe with. Uh, like when he would call a run versus calling a pass and, and stuff like that. But uh, I thought when you watched it, like there's guys coming open a, a, a fair amount. Mm-hmm. It's just there's nothing you can do when when you're you're you spend a good amount of the season trying to nurse Zach Wilson into <sighs> you know a, a respectable quarterback. And 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 honestly, like that to me, that's where the whole thing kind of fell apart. I don't I don't think you could have had 
Bill Walsh be your offensive coordinator for mm-hmm. that team, and it, and it, it really wouldn't have mattered. So I thought Michael Ford did a, a decent job mm-hmm. based on what he had, and it just didn't kind of work out. And the Hackett thing, I I don't understand how you're supposed to sell this as like a, an upgrade or even a, a lateral move because the 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 overwhelming evidence suggests that the like the, the offense that Nate Hackett. Uh, called last year is kind of like who he is as a play caller mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of offenses where he's actually overseeing, you know, the play calling, uh, uh, like the play calling duties on game day. The, mm-hmm. the best one that he had was that 2017 Jaguars team made the AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like kind of like a fringe top 10 unit that had some, some uh, that, that, you know, was able to get some stuff out of Blake Bortles, especially mm-hmm. on read option things that year. But mm-hmm. they were they were carried by one of the best defenses we've seen on yes. in this century of football. Uh, I, I don't really think it's fair to give him all the credit for reaching the AFC Championship game, although that's his best unit. And outside of that, you know, you're looking at a bunch of 20s and below rankings for his offenses. So I don't I don't really understand how this is supposed to be better. Maybe it'll be better if they can trade for a quarterback and get someone in there, but. I I I don't understand why you would feel the need to hire Nate Hackett at this particular time. Well, see, you are such a professional. Did my segue for me. Do you think they made this move because they want to trade for Aaron Rodgers and they figured this was their best shot of convincing Aaron Rodgers that if the offers are similar to the Green Bay Packers, that he should come play for the New York Jets? I, I mean, I think that could be on the table, but... Why? Why on earth would you think that, that would work for you? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, if this was the first time that someone had tried to hire Nate Hackett in an attempt to lure Aaron Rodgers away from Green Bay so that he could be their starting quarterback, mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, maybe we look at it a little bit differently if we're looking at it with fresh eyes. But someone just tried to do this like 365 days ago, mm-hmm. uh, and we just saw what happened. He didn't even make it through the whole first season, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think. The idea of signing Hackett in the hopes of getting Rodgers is not uh it's not it's not like a meritless plan because if you can get Rodgers like that 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 changes everything. Um even at this point in his career, that that still would be the best quarterback that the Jets have had in a very, very, very long time. Possibly sure. even possibly even ever, if we're gonna if we're gonna keep it real. Um but if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, then, you, you know, I, I, I guess the way that I look at this, I would not be willing to take this risk if I was Robert Saleh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the way that that season just ended and, and how much faith they're putting in Zach Wilson, like you can end up on the hot seat really, really quickly. Uh, and I just wouldn't be willing to, to, to put my livelihood into, into Nate Hackett's hands with, mm-hmm. with, with a, a huge question at quarterback. Uh, I don't really know how you how you can sell this and say, yeah, we're going to try to get Aaron Rodgers when the last team that tried to do this ended up trading for Russell Wilson. And we saw how bad that looked for basically the entire season. The entire from week one on, Nathaniel Hackett looked like he was so impossibly overmatched for that opportunity. I mean, with the, the Hackett decision, like I guess there's two ways this could go, maybe more than two ways, but there's two clear ways you figure – this could go number one he helps revitalize zach wilson after two years of struggling to start his career and i guess number two they trade for rogers and hackett is 
Rodgers' friend, and so the offense works, I guess. But in terms of option two, let's go with the Rodgers scenario. Let's say the Packers are willing to trade Rodgers. Rodgers is willing to go to the Jets because Hackett is there. If you're the Jets, given the defense you had last year, given you know what you have to work with on your roster, they have the 13th pick in this year's draft after losing their final six games of the season. How much are you willing to give up to the Packers to go get, like you said, maybe the best quarterback they've had at the very least since Joe Namath, if, if not in franchise history? Yeah, wow. And I mean, if you're going to say Joe Namath, you can say best quarterback ever. Yeah. But really easily. That was a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, man, I I would, well, obviously be willing to give up 13. Um, and How much maybe, more? Yeah, maybe maybe another maybe another first, but I would I would have to think about it. I uh, I mean, look, if 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 I really think that Aaron Rod- that this version of Aaron Rodgers can get me to like the AFC Championship game, then yeah, I'll 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 throw two firsts. But mm. I just have reservations about what what the aging process on Rodgers is going to look like, and also like ingratiating him with a new team, and mm-hmm. if if we we know how much Aaron Rodgers cares about playing with guys that he's already played with before. Mm-hmm. Um, Randall Cobb's coming. The, 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 Randall, yeah, the Randall Cobb situation. Uh, I think there was something saying that he wanted to get uh, Lazard back too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of think that it, it just what we know about Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure that this would be like a totally seamless transition, even mm-hmm. though I do think that in in a lot of ways, the Jets' supporting cast is better suited for Rodgers than the Packers' supporting cast. I mean, you have mm-hmm. – you're not really if, – if Brees Hall is as good as he looked before he tore his ACL, you're not really losing anything from the running back department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the wide receivers, like, you have two young promising options in, in Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And then if if uh, if Corey Davis is able to stick around, then maybe he can, he can be your quality number three. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of think that – just from a, a weapons perspective with the Rodgers, it would be a great fit. I just kind of don't trust Aaron Rodgers uh, <laughs> and uh, Nate Hackett to to really make everything mesh, at least at least immediately. But I, I do think that at, at some point, like the talent would just shine through because that is a, a pretty pretty dangerous core of off- offensive talent. Yeah, I mean, we saw Gary Wilson flash with Joe Flacco and Mike White as his quarterbacks, and so absolutely. That is something I think he can pull up, especially as he hits his second season. Contract is kind of ugly. It's two years and $108.7 million for Rodgers if, if it team trades for him. So $54 million a year for the next couple of years. And then I think $60 million in dead money if he retires after 2024. So not ideal, but the Jets not, can make it work. Um, yeah. I, I also think that team history kind of has to matter here too. Oh, for sure. Because if you're the Jets at this point what do i have to lose <laughs> like <laughs> we haven't been to, we haven't been to the playoffs in like 12 years mm-hmm. i i have nothing to lose by at least trying to get aaron Rodgers. because what is it going to be bad oh no like we've been bad like that's <laughs> that too. That, yeah that's that's fine we've we've been bad uh and i i think you know even even just the opportunity to try something different and see if you can you can get Aaron Rodgers in there is probably worth it for the uh, the Jets just to see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I mean, let me ask you this: Let's say Rodgers doesn't go to the Jets. Let's say he decides to stay in Green Bay. Let's say he gets traded somewhere else. 
let's say Ron Rivera comes in and offers five first round picks because Ron Rivera just wants a quarterback at any cost. Like, let's say something else happens and the the Jets do not get Aaron Rodgers. If you're Nathaniel Hackett and you're the Jets and you're Robert Sala, are you staying put with Zach Wilson? Are you no. going after somebody else? Like, 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 what's your plan B if it's not Rodgers? Derek Carr, probably. Derek Carr. Yeah, I I know. Plan B does not involve Zach Wilson in any legitimate way. I, I don't. I just. I I I kind of think that's just not fair to the rest of the players that are on the team. Honestly, if you're going to sit here and say. You know the the development of Zach Wilson is more important than what we're trying to do because we've we've probably already reached a point where this draft pick is a sub cost as mm-hmm. far as as Zach Wilson goes. So I I don't really think that it makes a whole lot of sense to even really invest in that if you want to keep him on as backup and just kind of eat the contract. I guess that's fine, but I don't think in any way, shape, or form is it is it fair or even like remotely serious to have him be your starting quarterback uh, for the upcoming season? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he got worse really from his rookie year to his second year, or at least didn't improve at all. Uh, and the rest of the Jets seem like they're, they're ready to make the playoffs. You have one of the best defenses in the league and enough weapons on offense to be a lot better than you were. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't really, I don't really see how you can go back to Zach Wilson. I, I, I would be inclined if I'm the Jets owner being like, look, we've tried this rookie quarterback thing with second round picks, third round picks, first round picks. It's not working. Let's try to get a veteran quarterback in here. And this is one of like the rare off seasons, I think, where there's actually a, there's a couple veteran quarterbacks mm-hmm. that are going to be on the market. Maybe that actually makes sense to start for your team. Like if I've, if if I if I end up with Derek Carr as my starter as a Jets fan, like I you you can do a whole lot worse. You've seen a whole lot worse. Mm-hmm. At least at least this can get you back uh, towards being a playoff team, probably like immediately if, if the rest of the roster can kind of maintain performance from year to year. Yeah, even a competent version of this Jets offense as a playoff team. I mean, yeah. I, I think they are probably better than the Dolphins if they have like the 18th best offense in football or the 20th best offense in football. So. I absolutely buy it. I don't think the defense is going anywhere um, in terms of the pieces they have, in terms of the the talent and the personnel they have and the coaching they have. I think they're in great shape. So, you know, it, it makes sense for them to go out and try to be aggressive. I just, I wonder what happens. Like, I'm always thinking, like, let's say Garoppolo slips through the, their fingers. Let's say Brady slips through their fingers. Let's say Roger slips through their fingers. Let's say Carr slips through their fingers. Do you think there's any hope that Nathaniel Hackett turns Zach Wilson around if it has no. to be him? No, no, no. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but I, I, I kind of think that if it, based on what we've seen from Zach Wilson, if he wasn't the second overall pick of the draft, I don't think he would be a Jet anymore. Like mm-hmm. there's, it, it, it really is. You're just trying to hope that you get some return on this draft pick, but at what cost? Right. And at, at, and, and I honestly think that, and maybe this is just like the meathead football guy in me. I legitimately find it like disrespectful to the rest of the team. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? We can make the playoffs. We can, we can win a game in the playoffs if we catch the right opponent Mm -hmm. and the Giants have, right, right. And you have us sitting here with a quarterback who, 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 
is spending more time like throwing passes into the dirt than he is hitting open receivers. Uh, Like even an improved version of Zach Wilson is probably not good enough to get you to where you need to be. So I don't know, but it gets kind of, it gets, gets kind of difficult. Like if you, if you find yourself, let's call it the end of March Mm -hmm. and you've whiffed on Carr, Garoppolo, Rogers, do you take do you take a quarterback in the draft? Do you do you trade for Trey Lance? It's like I don't I I I don't know what you do. Um, but I will say I think they definitely have to get their hands on one of those three guys. Like mm-hmm. almost do whatever it takes to make it happen because you you've just been piddling around for way too long, and it, it's it's time to start looking like a real football team again. Yeah, and I mean it's not only disrespectful to the other players in the locker room, but like the players aren't stupid. They know. Oh yeah, yeah. When a guy good. can't play, and I think that's the. The part that Robert Sala has to worry about is, you know, I think they have a good locker room. I think, you know, the the players there are buying into Robert Sala. I think Robert Sala is a good coach. But if you're just running the dude out there who can't play for a year and a half, like eventually players are going to react to it. Exactly. And and I I think that's the the part that Robert Sala has to balance. Like, I know they said the right things publicly or they said, like, you know, we're going to go through hell or high water with Zach Wilson or whatever he said, Um, which we'll we'll see what happens. Coaches say a lot of things. But like at some point as a coach, like you're running the risk of losing your credibility with your players. And I don't think Robert Sala is at that point yet, but if they come back with Zach Wilson and they bring him to Daniel Hackett and he he will be then. If that's, they're that's running the thing. if Zach Wilson is QB one, they will be at that spot before they play a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think I think like to me, I don't know how you feel about it, but the best case scenario for the Jets with Zach Wilson is almost a worst case scenario because it's it's a lot, ironically, like the Blake Bortles thing, where like maybe Nathaniel Hackett gets just enough out of Zach Wilson that the defense carries them to the playoffs and the Jets believe in Zach Wilson and pick up his fifth year option and then he falls back down to earth again because it's not that good. Like I'd almost rather like just draw a line underneath Zach Wilson and say, absolutely no way no how we're not going to get fooled like i'm gonna write myself a note and in six months i'm gonna open it and say if you believe in zach wilson now don't like i feel like that is the 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 finality you have to have i think when you're making this change because uh, again i don't want to say never daniel jones was terrible for three years you can say never you're you're the You are you are the wiser person here. I, I you know like Daniel Jones has been terrible for three years and he was fine this season. But even then, like if Zach Wilson turns to, to Daniel Jones, like that still is not something super aspirational. So I, do I don't even that. know how realistic that is either. Yeah, I don't know. I I watched to me when I watch Zach Wilson, I watch a quarterback that probably shouldn't be in the NFL. Uh, and I mean, that, that's that's a defensible opinion for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like even getting to where Daniel Jones was would be a huge improvement for for Zach Wilson. So like to me, like it, it's like how feasible is this reclamation project? I don't really see it as feasible. Let's go get Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it's not like Derek Carr is some awesome quarterback either. So I think no. that tells you that tells you how <laughs> how desperate the Jets are. Let me ask you this. Actually, I got a question from our mutual friend Mina Kimes about this, who I hear you may have been on her podcast as well, but we can get to that. Uh, on a different show. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no 
competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I will ask you this. Um, I'll ask you a different version of what Mina asked me. Let's say you can get a second-round pick. You can, you can get Derek Carr from the Raiders for a two. At what point with the Aaron Rodgers price tag is it better for you to trade for Derek Carr with the second round pick. Like what's the cutoff where if you have to pay more than that, you're going to say, ah, I'd rather have Carr for a second round pick. Mm. If I, I think if they started to push for like much more than two ones, like if they said, mm-hmm. Hey, give us, uh, I don't know. Uh, two ones in Carl Lawson. I'd be like, all right, we're going with, mm-hmm. we're going with Derek Carr or, or, you know, two ones and I don't know, just some combination of like Elijah Moore and whatever. Like a, a, a young player that's not Sauce Gardner or Quinn Williams or Garrett Wilson, I would yeah. probably be like, eh, that's a bit too much. We can roll a card because you, you still want you still want to keep like the core of your team through this. And I I I don't think that trading for, you know two years of a near 40 year old Aaron Rodgers is worth blowing up like the young core of this team because they Mm -hmm. do have a lot of good young talent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about these conference championship games. And I want to talk to you about them under the aegis of this tweet. You, you tweeted uh, on January 24th, two days ago, where you said, quote unquote, the one game referendum analysis has become the most boring part of covering this sport for me. So please, Explain what you mean for the people, and then we will talk about the two games with that in mind. That was mainly a, a, a Dak Prescott <laughs> because because okay, I I I feel like we're we're getting too almost in in a way like we're getting too micro mm-hmm. with the way we look at some of these games. Where I I watched that that game on 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 sunday and i was like holy crap that was an unbelievable performance from a 49ers defense that has been one of the best defenses i've seen in a while yes uh this season and i'm on, i i get on twitter and it's just dak sucks dak sucks dak sucks. i'm like no he, he doesn't suck like literally just a week ago i was like <laughs> a week ago we were saying wow that was an incredible performance from dak prescott mm-hmm. uh and and I just feel like we need to have a better ability to kind of zoom out and 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 just kind of appreciate what we're what we're watching here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I remember like okay, the the Fred Warner play is it, it to me that play is like all right, how much do you actually like football? Because <laughs> when I saw that play, like my group chat was blowing up 
oh my God, Fred Warren. That was like the most incredible play I've ever seen from a linebacker, you know, running mm-hmm. from one A-gap across the field and matching up with C.D. Lamb and making the pass deflection. Like, that's crazy. And then you just see, oh, what a terrible throw by Dak. You, you, you just didn't, you did, he didn't see T.Y. Hill. Well, I mean, how, how do you know that T.Y. Hill was part of the read? Like, you can't, mm-hmm. you're, you're so... You're so poisoned on just reacting to what the quarterback of the Cowboys is doing that you're missing a defense that has like two defensive player of the year candidates on it. And, you know, guys like Eric Armstead and one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, if not the best defensive coordinator in the league, you're getting so caught up in like in in, in you know the spotlight on Dak Prescott that you're you're missing and you're missing like how beautiful this game actually is. It's mm-hmm. it's remarkable. I uh, and you know to even get to the point where it's like, do the Cowboys need to move on from Dak Prescott? I'm like, do you guys like football or do you guys, <laughs> do you guys like arguing? Because a week ago, six days ago, it, not even a full week because that Bucks game Monday was on night Monday game. night, mm-hmm. right? Six days ago, we were talking about how, you know, maybe Dak Prescott's turn a corner and I don't really think there's any shame in getting buzzsawed by the best defense in the league. Like, it, right. Those those players get paid a lot of money too. Fred Warner, he's like the richest linebacker in NFL history before Roquan Smith got his deal. I mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just got kind of upset because I I I I obviously understand that you know Dak didn't play his best in that game, but to just make this one game sample size about Dak and his entire career when we 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 were we were shown something incredible like. The, the Cowboys def- the Cowboys offense under Dak Prescott since he got back has been really good uh and they got totally shut down like there's some there's some beauty and there's some art in that and we mm-hmm. just are so focused on quarterbacks I just got a little upset with how we were talking about that game mm-hmm. that's a very legitimate concern and also like Dak's allowed to have an okay or mediocre game yeah like, yeah there's there's no shame in not being Patrick Mahomes right I, like, I Matthew Stafford I, threw two picks in the Super Bowl last year and still won. Right. Like I I I I I don't I don't know how maybe I'm too high on Dak, but I would put him still in like that first not Mahomes tier mm-hmm. where, you know, these guys are going to win you a lot of games just based on the fact that they're there. The Cowboys have won a lot of games with Dak Prescott mm-hmm. as their quarterback. But at the same time, like they're not infallible. Uh Josh Allen can lose you a game. As sure we've did. seen this year, uh, Joe Burrow, he can have moments where he's not playing his best. Look at that mm-hmm. Ravens game in mm-hmm. the in the the wild. Really, all three Ravens games yeah. this year. Um, but that doesn't take away from their greatness. And I just wish we had a little bit more perspective when we we talked about these one game sample size against two elite teams. It's, it's mm-hmm. annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Well, we were about to talk about the, the conference championship games. Then we got breaking news, Charles here yeah. on the podcast breaking news about an nfc south team that is not the atlanta falcons oh thank god breaking news the carolina panthers have hired a new coach did you see who it is <laughs> no but i'm gonna guess yeah so i'm gonna say well i want you to guess who's the coach you're most afraid of the panthers hiring as a falcons fan oh it's frank Reich for sure mm, it's frank Reich. He's now the okay coach of the carolina panthers I've been saying this for since he got fired by the Colts. Future Carolina Panthers coach Frank Reich. He used to play for them. Mm-hmm. And my 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 parents live in Charlotte. I spent a lot of my formative years formative years in Charlotte. Um 
it's a good culture fit between Frank Reich and that city. And he's qualified. He used to play there. That stuff kind of matters to those people. So I, 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 I'm not really surprised to see this happen. I'm, I'm a little upset though. <laughs> it's a, it's a legitimately good hire. You know, I think the, the conversations we, we heard about Frank Reich after, um, after the firing in Indianapolis, even if you kind of thought, okay, he, he's running his course there. It's time to go. I mean, just, God knows it got worse after he left. So I, I feel like a lot of people kind of took that that firing in Indianapolis as a product of, how can I say this nicely? Um, a dysfunctional environment, perhaps, uh, in, the, in, the <laughs> yeah. in Indianapolis. That's, so, that's something. That, that, that's a, a way you can, you can put it, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, he deserved to get another shot. I hope that we see Steve Wilkes um, get interviews for head coaching stuff. I don't know if he's going to end up staying in Carolina as the DC. I, I certainly feel like he proved that, you know, after again, dysfunctional opportunity in Arizona, he gets fired after a year, goes to Carolina, writes the ship when they were losing under Matt Rule. I think he deserves an opportunity to be a head coach somewhere, um, but certainly feel like Reich is another guy who also deserves an opportunity. So I, I think he's going to be a. You know, I think he's an upgrade on what they had in terms of Matt Rule. Yeah, and I I kind of think there are these hires that you can make where the sometimes you, you you can see, especially after something goes as wrong as the Matt Rule debacle has gone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to get back to looking like a football team. You know, it, it maybe it's not the Doug I mean, Peterson. I, yeah, Doug Peterson is a great example. Like, sometimes we need someone who's actually been there and done this at a high level to just come in and run our, our things real quick. Cause we messed up last time. So let's get a, let's get a, a real NFL adult in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, I mean, depending on who their quarterback is, like, I don't, I don't know who, what, what, what route they're going to go, but that's a great guy to get in there and, and try to figure things out. I, you know, this, this is a, a going back to our last conversation, you know, Frank Reich, I think he was a victim of, of some wild, wild stuff that was going on in Indianapolis, but the large majority of his run there was pretty productive. Uh, and he showed, I think he showed that he was a good coach and, and capable of, uh, you know, running a lot of different offenses for a lot of different quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and still, you know, for the most part, I, I think being pretty productive, I mean, cars, I know the touchdown interception ratio is the end all be all, but mm-hmm. Uh, that that season that Carson Wentz had in Indy it was one of his better seasons as far as touch on mm-hmm. interception ratio goes. Sure. So I think there's some merit to hiring Frank Reich, and uh, I was kind of banking on uh, Tepper to to pull a snoozer here, but he did the okay. right thing. So further your concern, who's the scariest quarterback that you would realistically expect to combine with Frank Reich in Carolina next year? Oh man. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I think I might try to get Derek Carr. I think Carr is the one that was coming to mind for me. Yeah, because I'm. I don't think the Panthers they ha- they're not totally talentless here. No, uh, defense is good. Defense is good. I think their offensive line really picked it up by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Iki he struggled to start off, but by the end, I thought he was playing some really damn good football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have pieces. Thing. Yeah, Dante Foreman looked great. Chuba Hubbard was getting, he was seeing um, uh, some, some big rushing performances. Mm-hmm. Just got to figure out who that quarterback is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of think that they're at the same point where the Jets are, not in terms of like recent failures, but 
do we really want to waste what we got like our, our, our potential like decent season on a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. i'm not sure that's what they have to figure out for themselves yeah absolutely um okay as promised let's hit the unless any, any news breaks between now and the next 15 minutes let's hit the conference championship games from the perspective of let's not overreact over the last week or maybe we should react appropriately about the last week or we should overreact the last week so i'll ask you this charles start with the afc game last week the bengals delivered one of the most impressive performances of the entire season they blew out the bills in the snow in buffalo so let me start with this looking at their last two games what means more to you in terms of evaluating the bengals when it comes to playing the Chiefs? Is it the Bengals blowing out the Bills in Buffalo or what we saw from them over the course of the second half of the season where they were winning games but not winning perhaps as dominantly as they did against the Bills? Hmm. I, you know, I, 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 I think I'll take the second half of the season but I, I do think that there's kind of a constant there where the, the defense has been pretty good for mm-hmm. uh, a good stretch of that. And that continued into the game uh, against Buffalo as well. Um, I mean, anytime you, even, I know it's a snow game, but, you know, you only gave up 10 points to to Josh Allen, uh, which is which is always impressive. I, I, I mm-hmm. think for, for this one, I would go – with the second half of the season, because it, it does include the defense playing well. And honestly, that was kind of the, perf- the, 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 uh, the formula for them on their last playoff run. I know Joe Burrow got a whole lot of credit for, you know, I guess persevering through some offensive line issues mm-hmm. uh, during the last playoffs, but I thought they were largely carried by their defense to the Super Bowl. I mean, you, 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 you come back in the second half of the AFC championship game last year and, and you've made Patrick Mahomes look like, uh, a complete shell of himself after he torched you guys in the first half of that game. So, uh, you know, I, I think when you, 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 you should always take like the larger sample sizes. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that that means I'm concerned about the Bengals offense for this game. I, I don't know. I, I think they just, they just seem to match up well against Kansas city. And I know that this time around, they're, they're going in this with a, a worse off in the blind than the one that they had for the last game. But at the same time, if you can just keep Chris Jones at bay, um, I think you have to like the the personnel advantages, at least that the Bengals have against the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs defense. And mm-hmm. I, I, as like the more I the more I, I, I keep looking at this game and keep thinking about this game, if Mahomes is really like as hobble as he looked last week, mm-hmm. I get why the line shifted, you know, six mm-hmm. points in the Bengals' favor. Um, they're a really good team. They're a really good team. To me, like, I, as we've been watching this team uh, throughout the season, I know they're not perfect, but they kind of feel like a grown-up version of last year's team where, mm-hmm. uh, like, la- the last year's team, especially that last month before the playoffs started, mm-hmm. I know that Joe Burrow lit the whole world on fire, but it's not like they were really going up against, like, a bunch of tough opponents. Uh, I, I think the wins that they've been able to stack this year have been a little bit more impressive just in a, in a team construction way for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And this is not like a team that's in perfect shape. Like we saw not only the offensive line issues, but Chidobe Awuzier, who was having an awesome year at corner, is out for the year. I mean, this is a team that has been getting by for a couple months with Cam Taylor-Britt and Eli Apple 
as their starting cornerbacks and they played a lot of good offenses and it's worked. So, you know, if Mahomes, like you said, is injured, which it seems like he is, at least to some extent, you know, do you, are, are you concerned that the Chiefs team you saw last week that was, you know, very conservative, not moving the ball a ton, um, not, you know, that wasn't Mahomes doing crazy stuff for 10 seconds, and then finding an open receiver, like it was more of a traditional offense. Are you concerned based on what you saw last week that the Chiefs are going to struggle to move the ball on this Bengals defense? Yeah, and they're better than the Jaguars defense. Um, it, it's it's tough because I do think that that this is this is going to be a tough matchup for for Mahomes if if he's not healthy. Like this is going to be a tough matchup for him. Uh, but I do think that in in ways that the the Chiefs have started to build their team over the past let's call it two years, mm-hmm. they've they've kind of become a team that that can take pressure off Mahomes if they need him to be. Uh, and I. I I, I like the way that their their ground game matches up against the Bengals run defense. Um just in terms of like the size of their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I like the way Pacheco runs a lot, just mm-hmm. you know, w- with power and behind his pads and and you know, turning those excuse me, turning like those those two yard gains into four yard games, mm-hmm. those three yard sure. gains into five yard games. Uh I I I think that that can be an avenue where they have some success on, on the ball. And like, if I was the Chiefs, I would be trying to to like power and duo the hell out of uh, the Bengals front because mm-hmm. they have they have a big size advantage. But where the Bengals might have some speed on the edge, especially with uh, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, I think that the 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 Chiefs have a lot of size advantage when you look at Orlando Brown. Trey mm-hmm. Smith, Joe Thune, mm-hmm. like those, those are some big guys. So if you can get them in space, like where you're pulling guys or you have double teams up on the offensive line, uh, I think that could be a way just where they, they get some success by sheer, I'm going to move you off your spot and we're going to make this, you know, a, a grinded out game because uh, they kind of have the personnel to do that now. So if, if Mahomes is, is banged up and I'm assuming that he will be for this game, even mm-hmm. though he's, he practiced, he's going to play. Uh, I will say at least the Chiefs have a, a setup where they can take some some uh, some some pressure off of Mahomes with their running game. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect segue, Charles, because that was the next question I was going to ask you is, you know, we saw them run the ball effectively last week, and we know they have the personnel to do it. They have a great offensive line. Um, Like you said, Pacheco has been very effective pushing the pile. He's very good between the tackles. 
we also have like 15 or 20 years of evidence that Andy Reid does not love to run the football. I know. In situations. So that's my question. Does Andy Reid running the ball football, running the football effectively last week make you believe he's going to try and run the football if the Bengals come out and do drop eight into coverage and play light boxes and dare them to run? Or do you think Andy Reid's 15 years of history or 20 years of history is going to bite and he's going to say, no, I have to throw the football? What do you think he does when the Bengals dare him to run in this game? Um, I have a cop-out answer, and I'm <laughs> going to say I'm not sure, but the answer will give us – the answer that we see will give us a pretty good inclination on how healthy Mahomes is. Mm-hmm. Um, if Mahomes is healthy, I expect them to throw the ball like 40 times because I would do the same thing. I have Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback. I Running back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're playing Madden out here, buddy. Yes. Uh, but if he's not healthy and, and and if he looks if he looks close to how he did last week, you I think you gotta you gotta lean on the on the ground game. At that point, it would just be irresponsible to to be dropping back because uh you know we talk about the size advantage in the run game, but the, those Bengals pass rushers, I think especially when you're looking at uh like Trey Hendrickson. They're they're kind of from a pass rush, rush pass rushing perspective, I think they mm-hmm. match up pretty well against uh, the type of players that the Chiefs have on their offensive line. So, you know, if if you're getting into a situation where you're looking at like, or right, well, let me, let me say this. I think that first downs are going to be very, and it, it sounds very obvious, but like first downs are going to be very huge for the Chiefs because mm-hmm. what you don't want to do is end up in like second and seven, second and eight, second mm-hmm. and nine, third and eight, third and nine, where now, like the options are being a, a some of the, some of your options as an offense are being eliminated, mm-hmm. and you're making it easy on the defense. Like I was, I was at the uh, the the Eagles uh, Giants game this past weekend, mm-hmm. and <laughs> when they got up like twenty one to nothing, or maybe from fourteen to nothing, and those Eagles pass rushers didn't have to think, "I'll run the ball, whatever." We can just pin our ears back and really mm-hmm. get after you. That's when things really started to fall apart, I think, for the Giants offense. And if you're the Chiefs, that's the, the situation I want to avoid. I don't want Trey Hendrickson chasing Mahomes on a bum leg. Mahomes trying to do too much. And the next thing, you know, we have like a disastrous play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think trying to stay on on pace on first down and keep you in those second and manageables where uh, you have more options from a passing game standpoint and you can protect Mahomes a little bit more. Um that that's that's gonna matter you know i i think in this specific case like the running game is quite literally going to need to protect the chiefs passing game uh from themselves because if he's not healthy that really puts a hamper on what they can do as an offense i think Mm -hmm. yeah i mean absolutely like they're one of the best third and long teams in league history this year but that was when Mahomes could scramble for eight or nine seconds and find an open receiver if he's just a guy who's just trapped in the pocket you know, he can still succeed. He's still going to be a great quarterback in that spot. But I think asking him to be way better than, you know, anyone else in football on third and long is going to be a really, really hard ask for him. Um, you mentioned the Eagles. Let's talk about that game for a bit as well here. Um, how do I want to start this? Okay, I'll start with a quote from ESPN commentator Robert Griffin III, who said, quote unquote, on Twitter, Fred Warner doesn't get enough attention. Best linebacker in the game from your perspective charles 
Do you think that is a one-week sample where we're just reacting to one great game from Fred Warner, or do you think he's been the best linebacker in football all year? Been the best linebacker in football for more than one year. Mm. I I don't know. I, I think he's been the best linebacker in football for like three years now. Probably he's mm-hmm. a two-time first-team All-Pro. Um, he's coming off like an absolutely incredible season. We just talked about the play that he made. I uh, you know Fred Fred. If, the, Okay, this kind of gets to an idea that I think, you know, we need to adopt when we talk about, like, linebackers and, and running backs in particular and, like, the value that those guys can bring. Um, so when you look at, like, a, a player like Fred Warner, it's easy to fall into the trope. Yeah, linebackers aren't as valuable as uh, other positions on the field. But mm-hmm. when you have one that is that good, yeah, it changes everything that you can do. Um like the, the one of the funniest things to me is looking at um, the heat maps against the 49ers defense. And you see that we, like you're just looking at like the, the amount of passing targets that go to which certain areas of the field against the 49ers defense. Fred has like a force field in the middle of a defense. And that's not an impact that you're getting from uh, most linebackers. And it, it's not even just like the speed to be in coverage, but it's like the smarts to, to know, oh, well, I'm going to have to pass off guys in the zone. I have to control mm-hmm. my area of the field. Or sometimes I'm going to have to start by the line of scrimmage and go cover CD Lamb 40 yards down the field and make a play. Like, it's just he, – he, I, I think he definitely is the best linebacker in football. There's other guys like Roquan Smith who are who are in that same ilk in terms of you get this guy, your defense is probably going to be pretty good mm-hmm. um, just for having them on the field. So, you know, I, I think he's worth the money. I think that that take is – it's correct if it's a little late. Um, but yeah, he, he's Fred Warner is definitely as good as advertised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for sure. I think he's best linebacker in the game as well. Um, that's going to be a problem for the Eagles, right? I mean, this is a team that runs the ball effectively, that just totally uh you know changes the numbers of what you have to work with on defense, forces you to account for a quarterback in the running game and Jalen Hurts. So when we saw Jalen Hurts last week in the running game, it was kind of close to normal. We saw him get seven designed runs, which is exactly right around his league, his uh, season average before he suffered that shoulder injury. Based on what you saw, though, Charles, last week Jalen Hurts was getting a workload like he was 100%. Do you actually believe he's 100% heading into the conference championship game? Um. I don't know. I uh, it mean I was at I was at the press conference when after the game when the Giants or when the Eagles just beat the crap out of the Giants and someone asked Jalen Hurts if if hold, he hold up, hold, I feel like you're really rubbing in how bad the Giants lost in this game, which hurts me on a personal level, Charles. I are you a Giants fan? Him. I grew up as a Giants fan. Wow. You hide that pretty well. <laughs> I had no idea. You do a really good job of hiding it. You don't wear it on my on your sleeve like I do. Mm, um, that, that's that's the the privilege of success is. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. You don't have to get worked up over every dumb thing your team does. <laughs> that, to be to be fair, I got worked up about a lot of dumb things the Giants did over the past few years, but I wasn't. I, I I didn't have like the psychic pain attached to it the way I think you do with the Falcons. You shouldn't have told me that. You really should not have told me that. That was a big error on your part, my friend. Uh, 
Okay. Well, yeah. After the Eagles took the Giants, after the Giants, you know, the Eagles took the Giants to hell and back uh, <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he was at his press conference, and someone asked him, you know, how are you, how are you, how were you feeling coming into uh, the game? Mm-hmm. He said he was good enough, good enough to play. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously <laughs> he was. Yes, They're, you know, they, he was he was good enough to play. But I think when you look at the 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 game plan in the actual throws he made um it to me it seemed like they were still kind of protecting his shoulder a little mm-hmm. bit because uh, you know i think the only time he really I, I could be off on this but the only time like he really uncorked it was like the first maybe the first throw he had of the game the smith right yeah to, to Devonta smith on the first drive uh and after that you know it's a lot of a lot of screens a lot of horizontal stuff mm-hmm. and to me that's where this matchup gets kind of interesting because I I I don't really have a problem with that game plan if you're going against a team like the Giants. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be able to throw to perimeter against, um, you know, Jalen Smith and and uh, whoever else they have at, at linebacker up in New York, mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about my chances of being able to pop one for big play. Mm-hmm. But playing in like condensed spaces like that, it <laughs> it feels like a, a much tougher task when you're going against like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And guys who can really run and make plays in space. Yes. Um, I, 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 it, it's, it's just a total different beast from what you were seeing before. And if he's not healthy, like if he's really not able to, to provide a more consistent threat down the field, mm-hmm. that you're, you're, you're really asking a lot from uh, your offensive line, your running backs, your tight ends to go and create yards for us against a, a, a defense that doesn't have a whole lot of yards to take. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think if he's, if he, if they're going to have to run the same game plan that they did last year or not last year, last week, mm-hmm. um, that to me is a little bit of a danger zone because I think that that style of football really suits the 49ers defense. Right. So if you're the Eagles, if you're Nick Sirianni, if you're cursing off the camera on the, on the sideline, if that's you, who are you trying to target? in this Niners defense like if you're thinking okay this is who we're gonna go after who is that guy on this defense right now um any cornerback really I'm trying to I look if, if Hurst is healthy enough I'm I'm trying to hit a couple go balls to AJ Brown mm-hmm. on on the outside because I I think that that's where the the big talent advantage is for the Eagles like it it's it's hard to find a better one-two punch a receiver uh, than AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, and I don't think like if if there's one area for um, the 49ers defense where maybe you can take advantage, I, I think it's like on the outside with their cornerbacks. So mm-hmm. uh, I I I, I it, it all just comes back to health, which it usually does at this point in the season because football is a very dangerous sport and people yes. get hurt a lot. And when you play a lot of football games and you're still playing football in January, you probably won't be feeling your best, but if he can, if he can get the ball downfield and kind of just keep him honest in that way, that's going to be how it's done. But regardless, this is a, a tough test. It's, it's like iron on iron in the most vicious ways that football can allow it. And I'm so pumped for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a really exciting game. And I think the flip side is also interesting because 
Last week, or week 18, we saw one of your favorite players, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, return to the Eagles. Um, and then in the playoff game, in the divisional round game, with Avante Maddox, the slot corner out, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson went back from his, his role. He's been playing safety for the Eagles, moved back into the slot for the Eagles in that divisional round game, and they kept Reed Blankenship at safety. Now it seems like maybe Maddox will return as we record this. It's still questionable. Gardner Johnson, you would assume, move back to safety. Maddox would move back into the slot. But um, not knowing that right now, sort of not knowing how that aligns, if you're Kyle Shanahan and you have your Stephen Ruiz honorary microscope, microscope. to put on an Eagles player or an Eagle, a part of the defense for the Eagles, who are you going after? Linebackers, baby. Linebackers? That, <laughs> it's, that's it's, kind of the default, right? I know this is the default, but it's also like the one area on the Eagles defense that I'm not afraid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, Because to me, like when you watch the Eagles defense, especially from the perspective of, of running the ball, it's like, all right, if we can just get past the defensive line, if we can get past the defensive line, we mm-hmm. might be okay on any given run play. Because um, I, 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 I don't think that um, you know, I, I don't think that the Eagles linebackers are really this group that needs to be super feared um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, stopping the run or covering the pass. I, I do think they've improved as the season has gone out. Like TJ Edwards is a better player than he was um, in week one. But yep. dude, I if I'm Kyle Shanahan, first of all, I'm going, I'm Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> and two, I have George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and that's just guys who can. Th- th- those are the guys who can like really mess with the linebackers in terms of their skill sets. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if if I'm able to get like Ayuk or Debo matched up with a linebacker running across the field, like we've seen with Kyle Shanahan do a million times, mm-hmm. uh, that's to me is the matchup that I would be trying to attack. Uh, I, I, I this, not that this is Kyle Shanahan's like style of play, but. I don't think you want to get into a drop back game where Brock Purdy is throwing at Darius Slade and James Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, having to run away from a pretty sick edge rush that the Eagles have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Hassan Reddick. Just I I, 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 do I understand why Eagles are upset that he didn't land on the final defensive player of the year ballot? I, I get it. Um, he really did have that kind of impact this season. And then, mm-hmm. You know, they have a whole bunch of other guys that can, you know, maybe not do the exact same things, but along the same wavelength where, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan, this is kind of like where the Chiefs are. We need to be good on first down because I I don't want Patrick Mahomes running away from the Bengals pass rush. I really don't want Brock Purdy running away from the Eagles pass rush. <laughs> uh those guys are a lot faster than he is. And, you know, I, I, I think we've seen this postseason when Brock Purdy kind of gets into these zones where he's like, all right, it's Brock Purdy's time. I got to make a play. I'm going to bail from the pocket. It usually doesn't really go that well for him. And this is a much more aggressive defense, at least in terms of like how they pass rush. And I think that he's seen uh, this season. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited excited to see like how they attack first down because if you get Brock Purdy into these situations where he has to make a play I'm not sure that that's going to go well against this particular defense 
That's my next question. Final question. Wow, about we're, the we're, game. In, we're in sync today. You are. You just, just again, total pro. You know exactly where to go. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm thinking. Here's my question. Last week, another one week question for you. Got to the end of the first half for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Close game, and it was clear. He did not want to push the ball with Brock Purdy. They seemed to score almost by accident, get in field goal range. Like he wanted to run the clock. He spent like 20 seconds after a play on second down waiting before calling timeout then he gets samuel for a first down gets uh juan jennings for 21 yards and then they get in field goal range and kick a field goal almost with brock purdy throwing the ball out of bounds as time expired uh, at the end of the first half so what i'm asking you charles is this does cal shanahan trust brock purdy based on what you've seen either last week or over the course of brock purdy's brief career so far um hmm. i don't i I don't think so, but I also don't think that Kyle Shanahan has trusted a lot of quarterbacks that he's played with. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I would ask the same question of like Jimmy Garoppolo, sure. and honestly, like most non Matt Ryan quarterbacks he's played with, um, mm-hmm. because I, I don't I don't I, see what what Kyle Shanahan has done, and it's probably going to be why he wins Coach of the Year, is nothing short of incredible uh miraculous almost he mm-hmm. he has borderline made a quarterback proof offense in mm-hmm. the nfl like this is this is actually like some madden stuff you know mm-hmm. me and steven we joke a lot that when, when kyle shanahan puts brock Purdy out on the field he he gains like a ps5 controller in his hand because <laughs> <laughs> he's just like all right brock look we're playing against the cpu it's not that difficult you're going to snap the ball. You're going to roll out right. And Debo Samuel, he's going to be wide open right there, right in front of you. All you have to do is just put him on, put it on him. And sometimes, you know, the ball goes a little bit behind, but Debo still can't, catches it. And you go 70 yards for a touchdown like they did uh, in week one. I, I I think that when you just look at the the, the combination of play calling and talent, um, I don't think you need to trust your quarterback a whole lot if you are like, have you seen the 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 Bobby Hill tweet where he has like a huge or Bobby Hill meme where he has like a huge brain and is like meditating in his room <laughs> like that that's what I think of when I see Kyle Shanahan call these plays for Brock Purdy because I just I really don't understand like how these guys are are as open as they are mm-hmm. uh and it's, it's kind of become like a master class in the way that you can you you can mess with defensive rules and <laughs> And, and get Brock Purdy to have you know some of these big stat lines uh, that he's had. Like the, the, the one play that that has been burned to my mind, and I say this as I, I played defensive line in college, Division three, but just you know you you watch some of this stuff, and it's like, man, I would be sick if that happened to me <laughs> on a football field. And the play that I keep coming back to is the play in the wild card round uh, against Seattle where. You know, Jawan Jennings had like the big catch down the sideline where yep. he almost got decapitated. Yep. But on the play here, you, you it, everything that you are seeing at, from a defense perspective is all right. We're they're about to run, you know, either outside zone one way or they're going to bootleg it the other way. I think it like from a defense perspective, you're thinking outside zone uh, to your right or a bootleg to your left with someone coming behind you to your left. So Brock Purdy takes a snap. He fakes the handoff. It looks like it's about to be a little fake outside zone bootleg to the left. And then he just stops, pivots, 
and then throws it to a wheel route that's on the front side of the play, which is something that you never see. Mm-hmm. Like you never see that from a defense perspective. Um, and if it was a better pass, he probably would have scored a touchdown on. But you know, it, it's it's those ways of getting like the defense to almost play against itself. It's like, okay, well, we're seeing outside zone action. We're gonna move over to our left. Oh, wait, no, the ball's coming right, and it's already 40 yards down the field. That that's the kind of stuff that is just next level play calling to me from from Kyle Shanahan. And I I just want to see him do more of it at this point. Uh just to see, you know, how far this Brock Purdy thing can go. Uh, but again, I think we all need to we need to keep some perspective if they do end up winning the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Doesn't mean Brock Purdy's a great quarterback. It means Kyle Shanahan is an absolute wizard of a play caller and they have a really good team. Sure would be nice to have that guy on your coaching staff, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know. You wouldn't maybe if uh if, if they had kept him. I don't know. Maybe things would be different for me, but I don't think so. Kyle Shanahan I mean, also also disappointed the Niners too in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so. yes, he has. Um, okay. It's time. Give me two winners for these two games, please. Um I'm gonna go 49ers Bengals. Ooh, I like that. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll go Niners Bengals too. What do you think? How do I want to finish up? What do you think? the the storyline coming out of these games should be if they go the way you think like i know of course if Bur- if the bengals win the storyline's going to be oh joe burrow's better than patrick mahomes you don't have to say that if you don't want to no what, i, I what, don't believe that at all what 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 should <laughs> if the games go the way you think what should the stories be coming out of these two games um i think the story should be i i i think the story would have to be focused on the upcoming super bowl preview and being like, wow, we have an unstoppable force in the Bengals offense against a completely immovable object in the, in the 49ers defense. And that's what we get excited about this time of year. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I expect the Bengals to score a lot of points on the Chiefs. If Mahomes is healthy enough to match, that's great. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's not something we can judge until we see it. And on the flip side, I, I just really like the way that, this 49ers defense matches up with the the Eagles offense. Um, and you know, if they can survive like the go balls to to AJ Brown and, and Devonta Smith, then I think they have a pretty good chance of winning. So we should get like big on big storylines. 49ers offense, or excuse me, 49ers defense versus Bengals offense is gonna make the Super Bowl exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Until then, Charles, where can people check out more of your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Four Verts. I do work at Yahoo Sports. Um, I'm on UPod to win the game once or twice a week with Charles Robinson and my other co-worker, Jory Epstein. Uh, and my podcast, The Exemplist, this is an exclusive that you're getting, is going to be coming back soon. I don't have a, full, a, a date yet, but things are, we're actually making tangible process, uh, progress uh, as of like, the past couple of days on Ooh. getting that thing back in action so stay tuned for that are you going to do another 24 guest episode no no not this year but i am going to try to figure out a bang to get it back because I, I haven't recorded a podcast since like august so i need to remind people hey you should listen to this thing <laughs> here's, here's, tw- here's 24 of my friends to let you listen to it all right charles thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me all right thanks so much to my friend Charles McDonald, one of the best follows on Twitter at 4Verts, does excellent work 
for Yahoo, has been an underdog, been with the post, just uh, a young up-and-comer, we will say, someone you should keep your eyes on, keep track of as he continues to grow. We are taking next week off, actually. Uh, there will be no show next week because no football is happening. But two weeks from now is Super Bowl week. We'll have a couple shows. We'll make up one, have an extra one for you during Super Bowl week, previewing the big game. And, of course, a recap of the game the following Monday. Hope you guys are excited for these conference championship games. Hope we get two good ones on Sunday. Hope you enjoy it. And more audio coming in a couple weeks on The Bill Barnwell Show. Thanks so much for listening.